0: Listen here It gives me great pleasure to welcome you to another episode of the Speaking For Him podcast. Today we will be looking at the chosen episode 8, the season finale of season 1. And I'm very excited to share that with you. But before we jump into that, I just wanted to say a couple things. First of all, uh, my Pilgrim's Progress project is off and running. We recorded uh, week 1's section uh ...on Tuesday night and had a wonderful time doing it. I really believe that God's hand is on this project, so I'm excited to share it with you guys later this fall. And we have four more weeks of recordings to do, so please pray that everything goes smoothly with that. Um, I'm just so thrilled with the quality of effort and talent um, that the actors that I have assembled... Are putting into the project, so again, super excited to share that with you, and then also I wanted to, um, take a moment to give you an update on Evie, remember I told you that I wanted to bring you a medical update, um, well it is my sad, um, duty to inform you today that little Evie Zelensky went to be with the Lord, um, I think sometime this week, um, shortly after, uh, her heart surgery I'm not sure if it was like the same day or if it was within days um, but the the update that I saw said that she started to go downhill after that surgery and that God took her home so she is no longer suffering um, and for that we can be grateful but I'm sure that her parents are grieving and so I, w- I would appreciate it if you would uphold and lift up Um, Gideon and Hope Zelensky in your prayers, I would still encourage um, giving to the GoFundMe page, which is almost to the $10,000 goal. Um, But part of me thinks that they might have even more expenses um, with her death. And so if you would feel so inclined to uh, continue to give to that GoFundMe, I'm sure they would appreciate it, and I think I will keep it in the show notes for the podcast for another week. So please be aware of that and try to figure out how you can continue to be the hands and feet of Jesus for Hope and Gid. Um, I know many of you don't know them, but they are wonderful people. And I can only imagine the pain that they are going through. Um, I never had a child, um, but no parent should have to bury their child. Um, I felt the same way when my, um, brother John Michael died, that my parents shouldn't have had to go through that, but that was something that God allowed us to, and I think it made us all stronger as a result. So, I just wanted to throw that out there, and, um, I hope you guys are all doing well. I think it's kind of neat how things are starting, um, to rebound here in West Michigan. I know... Uh, There is a little bit of trepidation because um, some of the cases of COVID-19 have gone up in recent days, but I think the the greater concern or the greater number that we should be aware of is the number of hospitalizations and serious and or fatal cases um, because viruses stay around and people will get sick, Um, but the important thing is to have the proper response to them. And so from what I've heard and from what I've seen, the death rate has not gone up. And uh, so for that, we can be thankful. And so I feel like we continue to walk the tightrope between uh, being careful, being safe, but also realizing our constitutional rights. And I think we can do both of those things. Um, That's not what this episode of the podcast is about. So I'm not going to to spend a lot of time on that, but just wanted to throw that out there that I'm continuing to think about those things and continuing to pray for the people that need to make those decisions for our country and also on behalf of um, customers and or students or families uh, that they serve, depending on what industry uh, they are in. So I'm also praying for you That God is showing himself faithful in this day for you. I think it's significant that God says, Give us this day, our daily bread. That's how we are to pray. Not give us this month or give us this year. I think the biggest thing I've learned through this whole period is learning that God's sustenance and the faithfulness of Jesus is something to be felt on a day-to-day basis and possibly even a moment-by-moment and second-by-second basis, not just a yearly or a monthly or bi-weekly whenever your paycheck comes. Um, I think it's interesting. There's a hymn called Day by Day, and then there's a hymn called I Need the Every Hour, and there's a hymn called Moment by Moment. So as the hymn writers uh, went through different things, they realized that our need for Jesus was more intense than we quite often thought so and i actually do think that is a great segue into uh, the, today's episode of the speaking from co- podcast and i really think as i may have said in a previous episode that one of the things that i most appreciate about this episode or about this series is his portrayal of the humanity of Jesus Christ you know we're very careful um, in our fundamental Christian circles, and rightfully so, to defend uh, the deity of Jesus Christ. And anyone that questions the deity of his, of Jesus Christ, uh, we are are understandably and justifiably wary of, and we warn people not to listen to them because the deity of Jesus Christ is actually the very foundation upon which our salvation uh, was. Founded As a matter of fact, this week, Don Lemon, a commentator for CNN, uh, was quoted as saying on a live broadcast of the news service that for those that follow Jesus, we must admittedly realize that he was not perfect. But what Don does not realize himself is that Jesus was indeed perfect, and that is actually the very foundation upon which his followers follow him, is the basis of his perfection. Um, But today we are um, looking once again at an episode of The Chosen, and as I said, one of the things that comes through is the humanity of Jesus and the way that he relates to us on a human level, and then also without sacrificing the deity of Him. Our quote of the day today comes from John chapter 4, verses 25 and 26. In John chapter 4, verses 25 and 26, we read, The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ, when He is come, He will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And that's a perfect verse going into talking about today's episode because we are, of course, dealing with the woman at the well. And I just really like this verse because she is seeking the fulfillment of God's promises and then she is told right away, that the fulfillment of his promises is right there in front of her. So, this episode of The Chosen, episode 8, opens with a flashback to Jacob and his sons digging the well, which Jesus will later meet the woman at the well at. And so, we see the flashback, we see someone who is an inhabitant of Canaan come upon Jacob and say, what are you doing? He says, we're digging a well. um, And then the the man says, well, there's no way you're going to get water um, because the water goes the opposite way, basically, of what you are expecting it to go if you're going to dig a well here. Jacob then says, well, God provides our needs. And then, lo and behold, water comes out of the ground and that becomes Jacob's well. To which the woman at the well will refer later on in the episode. And we know that God provided for it. And so then we um, go to the start of the episode where this woman at the well is going to do her water hauling in the middle of the day. um, Because her reputation does not allow her to... um, uh gather water with the rest of the ladies of the town. Uh so it's kinda interesting that as a Samaritan she's rejected by the Jews and as a as an unfaithful spouse she is rejected by her own people and told and and basically ostracized and said, You can't be a public part of our community because you've chosen to turn your back on the things that are important like fidelity to your spouse. So, she comes to this well and Jesus meets her there. But to backtrack a little bit, first of all one of the first things we see in this episode is that um, Jesus is preparing his disciples for a journey and um, before he goes, he wants to make sure that Simon Peter's family is provided for first of all he has a a really neat heart to heart with Peter's wife in which he talks about the sacrifice that she has made so that he can be a follower and although that's not in the Bible I did think it was very a very good thing uh, because we don't know much about Simon's wife but we know that he had a wife and we also know that although Jesus made comments like, if you give up a wife and children and houses and lands for my sake, I will repay you, we also know from passages in the scriptures that he was would not favor Simon neglecting his familial responsibilities. For he said to the Pharisees, you say that you're giving a gift to God, but you don't even care for your own parents. So we know that there's a balance in there, that Jesus would want us to take care of our family responsibilities while at the same time putting him first and in fact putting him first allows us to fulfill our um, family responsibilities because if we love God with all our heart, soul, and strength we will love our neighbor as ourselves, and our chief neighbor is our spouse and our family relations. So we have a situation where Peter's um, wife's mother is ill, and of course we read about that in the scriptures, um, it's been building for a couple episodes, which I thought was kind of interesting, because I kind of thought, well, that, that in like the first episode in which she appeared, that she would just be healed by Jesus, but I kind of like the build, because it was kind of like she's been sick for a while, there's nothing we can really do to help her, all we can do is, is hope that we can figure something out, And so you have Peter and his wife in this dilemma. And of course, Peter's getting ready to go on this trip with Jesus. And he says, I want to provide for my wife. And Jesus has this conversation with Eden, Peter's wife, about the sacrifice that she made and how she fits into God's plan of service as well, which is borne out by tradition, because tradition says that uh, Peter was crucified upside down, but only after watching his wife be crucified as well, um, for her, uh, choice to, uh, to follow Christ and to be faithful to the gospel. So I think it's significant that, um, Jesus is saying, not just Peter, but also, uh, you are, are important to me. And so then Jesus, um, goes over and heals the mother-in-law and I like the statement that he makes that a normal Simon is hard enough to deal with but a troubled Simon would be even worse he's like do you think I want to travel with that and so I think that was kind of a a really neat thing just to see that he was connecting um, to their struggles on a human level and understanding how those struggles were affecting them but also one who delivered the supernatural and the needed response. Because there was nothing Peter and Eden could do for the mother-in-law. They just had to wait and watch and see God work. And they did. And Jesus went and healed Peter's mother-in-law and then Peter's mother-in-law immediately gets up and begins to minister to them as it says in the scriptures. And I just thought it was such an exciting... Uh, portrayal. I really enjoyed it. I told my father the other day that I think that uh, episode 8 is my favorite episode. And I think it's really a really good, it's a mark of a really good series that a a season 8 episode is better than the, the rest of the season because a good series finds its way throughout. And, and gets better and builds on previous episodes and I just feel like that's what the chosen does and I really I really really appreciate that um, because there there's there's a lot of um, criticism that has merit of certain Christian entertainment that we we care about the message which is super important don't get me wrong but we sacrifice quality simply because the message is good. And I'm really pleased that in the case of The Chosen, um, you have a good message and a quality, entertaining series um, that brings the message forth. So then we see the the fallout of Matthew um, coming to follow Jesus and how Rome is responding to that. They have to find a replacement for Matthew, um, and Matthew's former boss has to find a replacement for himself because he was promoted. And uh, then he goes to Matthew and, and tries to get him to come back. And Matthew says, well, I've surrendered. I've given my life over to this man, Jesus of Nazareth. And so it's just really neat, again, that, it, that the building blocks are there. And you just see the full ramifications. And you see some of the ramifications for his parents when the Roman... Uh, official goes to them and says your son left you his things he is no longer with us he is left to follow Jesus and once again they are left to grapple and then you also see the continuing struggle of Nicodemus um, and his struggle as a follower of Jesus Um, he hasn't come to the place in the series of a full surrender to Jesus I don't think that's the betrayal yet uh, we never see Jesus in the scriptures criticize Nicodemus uh, for not following him. Uh, we find out after he died that Nicodemus was indeed a secret follower of Jesus and that he never consented um, to Jesus' death. And so I truly do believe that I will see Nicodemus along with Joseph of Arimathea when I get to heaven. Uh, but it was kind of a heartbreaking scene when when... Nicodemus gives them money for their journey but he chooses not to go on that journey um, because he's still struggling with his life in the Sanhedrin. And again, not exactly sure how all of it played out. All I know is that he made the right decision after Jesus' death to be a part of burying him and giving him that respect. And, and things seem to indicate that he was a genuine follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, then we, they're going on this journey and of course the disciples say well, uh, we need to take our journey and go around uh, Samaria. Um, it will be longer but it's the right way to do it. It's the safer way to do it because Jews had no dealings with Samarian, Samaritans and in fact thought that they were violent and there was violence probably between Uh, the two races, because Samaritans were basically a a half-breed. But Jesus goes and he says, not only does he want to go, but the scriptures actually say, I must needs go through Samaria. And so, the situation uh, was that Jesus said, no matter what you say to me, I'm going to go through Samaria. And um, he goes and he sits on this well and the disciples leave to buy food and then he goes and meets the woman at the well and the scene with the woman at the well was so well done um what's interesting is he starts out having a conversation with her of course a lot of it is in the scriptures That he asked for a drink of water and then he explained to her the difference between the well water and living water And she is still skeptical. And what I love about it is um, after she tells him that she um, has had five husbands or or doesn't have a husband. And then he says, you speak rightly because you've had several husbands and the man you're now with is not your husband. And she, she says, oh, you're a prophet. And then he starts to tell her all about her husband's. And, and kind of reveal some of her past with her husbands. How he, she had a really bad husband, then she divorced him, then she had a good husband, but she felt unworthy of his love, so she left him and regretted it. And not that we know that information, but it makes sense that he would know that stuff and, and might even talk to her about it when you realize that in the scriptures, when she went to tell them... Um, about her experience she said come see a man who told me everything I ever did so I want to play for you a short clip um that is part of the conversation that Jesus had with her at the well and then I'll be back for some final thoughts
1: do you believe what I'm telling you (laughs) until the Messiah comes and explains everything and sorts this mess out including me I don't trust in anyone you're wrong when you say that you've never received anything from God this Messiah you speak of I am he the first one was named Ramin you were a woman of purity was excited to be married but he wasn't a good man he hurt you and it made you question marriage and even the practice of your faith the second was Farzad on your wedding night his skin smelled like oranges and to this day every time you pass by the oranges in the market you feel guilty for leaving him because he was the only truly godly man you've been with but you felt unworthy why are you doing this I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah you are the first it would be good if you believed me you picked the wrong person I came to Samaria just to meet you (laughs) It's an accident that I'm I'm here in the middle of the day. I am rejected by others. I know. But not by the Messiah. And you know these things because you are the Christ. Everyone I was counting on it (laughs) Spirit and truth Spirit and truth It won't be all about mountains or temples Soon Just the heart (laughs) You promise I promise This man Told me everything I've done Oh he must be the Christ (laughs) Hey Wait You wanted! You forgot your damn um...
0: And there you have the part of the scene of the woman at the well and one of the things that I really like about it is Um she tells Jesus, I'm gonna go tell everyone and he says I was counting on it. And then she drops her water pots, and she runs away, and she goes to tell everyone what happened to her, that Jesus revealed everything she ever did. And it's just so um, refreshing to me that um, even though she felt guilty, even though she knew that a lot of the stuff she'd done was wrong, she still rejoiced because the guilt was gone. Yes, she, Jesus knew things about her that were evil and bad, But she also did not feel relief until she knew Jesus and knew that he knew all and still loved her. And so I I just feel like that's where we need to be as a people as well. That we know that God loves us no matter what. That we know that him knowing everything about us and us being honest with him is the best way to have a close relationship with him remember David after sinning with Bathsheba said, didn't say restore to me my salvation he said restore to me the joy of my salvation he, said, he asked for forgiveness he said purge me with hyssop and I will be whiter than snow so he knew what he had done wrong and when Nathan confronted him he repented and so it's not about being perfect but it's about when we're confronted with our sin repenting and turning away and The Samaritans would later say to Jesus, we believe because you have shown us who you are, not just because of the testimony of this Samaritan woman. But isn't it interesting that her testimony is in the scriptures for all of us to read, her faithfulness to share the message that God has given. When God changes your life, when Jesus um, changes your life, you can't not talk about it. That's why I, I had to do this podcast because I had a message to share and I needed to share it. And so if I can encourage you, maybe you will not be a podcast host. Maybe you will not have much of a, a public, so to speak. But whatever place you're in, whoever God puts in your life, He will give you opportunities to share the Lord Jesus Christ with them. And I and I think that this uh, this uh, story that Jesus shares about how he kind of you know started his public declarations of himself as the Messiah with the woman at the well. you know he hadn't really told a lot of people. Um, he did the wedding at Cana, and that was the, John tells us the first miracle that he did um, to show forth his power, uh, but he hadn't really publicly declared to large groups of people, I am the Messiah. You know, he had, he had talked to Nicodemus uh, on an individual basis and basically um, told him what was what and uh, told him how to be saved. But he hadn't really declared on a large scale, I am the Messiah, and started uh, preaching a lot at the time of the woman at the well. But she went and told her fellows, her fellow villagers and they um, came and said stay with us a few days so that you can share with us the truth and, and that's the power of a story and I think uh, in today's culture it's very hard um, to do dis- dialogue sometimes it's very hard to enter into any sort of discussion or debate with people and um, Because we tend to, as I've talked about in previous episodes, we tend to want to be right more than we want to show forth the truth. And so I think the important thing to keep in mind is that when we're sharing the gospel, uh, scripture verses are important, don't get me wrong. But the most important thing that you can share um, when it comes to the gospel is your own story. Uh, People can debate and argue about um, Bible verses until... They turn blue in the face. But one thing they cannot debate is how God changed your life. How God makes a change in a human life is not debatable. I know who I was before I became a Christian. I know who I am now. And that change, the difference between the two, could not be accomplished by myself. And whatever else people say, uh, they can't really debate the reality of the change that has happened in your life Um, so I just hope that encourages you and I hope that as you go into this weekend that you will continue to serve God and like the woman at the well that you will tell everyone about the one who changed your life so I guess the other question is has God changed your life you know we can go through our lives and we can grow up in a Christian home um, but unless we surrender and and give God the opportunity to change us, uh, it's not going to make a difference. It doesn't matter if we are in a church. It doesn't matter if we're in a Christian home. Um, you know, if we were choosing the first uh, people to fully and openly declare the gospel to, uh, we wouldn't choose uh, a member of the Sanhedrin at night or a uh, tax collector or a woman at the well who was there in the middle of the day because of ill repute Uh, we would would not choose that, we would choose someone greatly influential who could potentially give us a lot of money and help us to spread the word more freely and faster Uh, but God's economy isn't our economy and I think that This, another experience, another way that this is, another truth that this shows, the woman at the well, is the truth of predestination. Now, I believe in both predestination and, um, human choice. Uh, I think free will might be too loose of a term. Um, but I do believe that we have to make a choice to serve the Lord, um, Paul said, or Joshua said, "Choose you this day who you will serve." Jesus said, "Whoever comes to me, I will in no wise cast out." He also said, "Whosoever will may come." But he also said, "No one comes to the Father, or no one comes to me except the Father draws him." How do both of these things coexist? They coexist because God has a very direct plan. The Bible says that before the foundations of the world he chose us in Christ. Um, And I think you see in the story of the woman at the well how that really is played out because Jesus said, I need to go to Samaria. And then when she says in the scene why would you choose me? Why would you come to me? And he says uh, I specifically uh, because she said you're coming to the wrong person. This is the wrong approach. And he said I specifically came to see you. And the reason that I'm serving the Lord Jesus Christ today is because there was a specific time when God reached into my life and said, "Andrew, I want to use you. You are mine." And I surrendered. I bowed my knee. And since I started serving him, he has been faithful to meet my needs now it has not been without its challenges I didn't wake up the next day with fully healthy legs with no physical pain with no wheelchairs with no barriers to employment I don't have what most people would term a perfect life I'm still unmarried I still don't have any children Though those are things that I greatly desire um, because God's plans are different from my plans because following God does not immediately mean that everything that you want or desire will happen but what it does mean is that God will walk with you through the disappointments of life and that your life will never be the same I think this is an important distinction because um, I saw a post from a friend of mine, Israel Wayne, uh, talking about how how a musician made the statement in a song, a Christian musician, that God will help you overcome all of your struggles um, if you trust Him. And in a certain degree, I totally agree with that. God helps us overcome the troubles of life. But I also know that he doesn't always choose to take us out of suffering. He may instead choose to walk with us through it. But we can't have the peace of knowing that we're walking through trouble with him if we're not one of his. So might I encourage you to to answer God's call, to choose to follow him today, and to realize that he is seeking to save that which is lost. I that's about all I have to share with you today. Again, I hope that you will um, find God's grace to be enough. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And I hope that you would continue to pray for my friends Gideon and Hope, as I said earlier in the podcast. And I just want to say by way, a personal message to the two of you, Gideon and Hope, I absolutely love you guys. And I'm praying... That God will give you a strength that you did not know you possess. And a peace that passes all understanding. Alright, well I think that is what I have to share with you today. I hope that you have a great weekend. And keep serving the best
1: of masters.